Welcome to the Victory Podcast, where God is the greatest power and we never be defeated. I'm excited to be back to podcasting. Uh, I took some time off for some self-care, but I'm back and I'm excited to get back to uh, making sure we talk about God things, Bible things, uh, inspirational, encouraging things. And I don't want these podcasts to be just something that you're encouraged by or inspired by just for the sake of being encouraged or inspired. I want them to encourage you and inspire you to grow closer to God. And so I have a topic here today that I'm excited about. It's about uh, being double minded. And so sit back, relax, grab some snacks, um, and enjoy the podcast. James chapter one, verse eight, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, if you're like me, you've had a good example in your life of what an unstable person looks like. Maybe you found yourself in an unstable relationship or friendship, or maybe you yourself, if you're honest with yourself, have been unstable. And if you haven't experienced any of those, maybe I can help you Uh, to be able to spot what instability looks like when it comes to people. An unstable person is impulsive. So they they make um, decisions in the moment, no matter how big or small. They're impulsive. They want it. They see it. They go after it. That is not healthy. Impulsive people are not healthy. So when we go to make decisions, when we go to pursue something, it's appropriate to take time to do your research about that thing, to um, save up for the thing, to make sure you you can afford it, to um, slow yourself down and fight the the impulses to go after that thing. So when you're you're dealing with an unstable person, you have to realize that they are going to make impulsive decisions. Um, more times than not. An unstable person goes through mood swings. I'm sure you know one or two people that vacillate from happy to sad, from from angry to peaceful. You know, their, their moods tend to sway from one thing to another frequently. That is an unstable person. People aren't supposed to have mood swings. <laughs> People are are supposed to be uh, in, in tune with their emotions and be able to um, have regulated emotions as they go about their day. A person that is unstable tends to feel empty, hopeless, and worthless. Now, whether 
a person voices this or not, you can tell by their behavior. If they are feeling empty, they tend to uh, get into unstable relationships to try to fill that emptiness. Or maybe they they tend to uh, cling on to unhealthy coping behaviors. Maybe it's uh, drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's pornography. You, you don't know um, what coping skill they're using or, or why they're they're clinging on to that coping skill. Well, they're trying to fill that emptiness, that hopelessness or that worthlessness that is inside of them. That is the mark of an unstable person. Um, another characteristic of an unstable person is that they rapidly change their opinions of others. Have you met somebody that, you know, at the slightest introduction of, of new information, they're changing their mind about something? Now, new information should breed a reevaluation of, of whatever you're talking about. However, if, it, if you're easily swayed, that is something that is unhealthy. And that means that you are unstable. And so what is the opposite of an unstable or a double-minded person? opposite of a double-minded person is a single-minded person. Someone who always stands on their principles and what he or she believes in. If you are a child of God, we have to always stand on the principles of God's word. The Bible says to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. When we choose Christ, we must stand firm on the freedom that Christ has given us. What is that freedom? That freedom is freedom from sin and the works of darkness. God has a standard and he gave it to us in his word. God makes it clear in his word that you cannot straddle the fence between the world and Christ. James chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 says, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. You have to be one or the other. You have to be on one side or the other. You have to be of one mind. You cannot be both. Matthew chapter 9 verse 17 says, Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out. And the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. You can't proclaim to be new, yet still operate as your old self. You have to walk in newness of life if you claim to be a child of God. 
You can't walk in newness of life and maintain old behaviors at the same time. If Jesus is going to reside in you, then you have to walk, talk, and live as if Jesus resides inside of you. You have to learn new godly behaviors. You have to learn new Christ-like coping mechanisms. You have to learn how to not operate in your old behaviors. Because if you walk, talk, and proclaim that you are a child of God, yet your your actions say otherwise, then you are double-minded. But in Christ, you cannot straddle the fence. You have to either be of Christ or not. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, it says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. God literally told the church of Laodicea that because they kept straddling the fence and would not be of one mind, he rejected them. God even alluded to the fact that he would rather you choose a life of sin than to straddle the fence. God wants us to pick a side, make a choice, and stand on that choice. If you choose a life of sin, you will be rejected. If you just won't pick a side and you straddle the fence, still, he will reject you. But if you choose Christ, you will be accepted. So I've talked about the perils of being double-minded and how ultimately when you're double-minded or unstable, you will be rejected by God. And I've talked about the importance of being single-minded and how God desires for us to be of one mind, to be stable. So what are some things that we can do to bring stability to our lives? If you find yourself to be an unstable person, one thing you can do is establish a routine. Go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. Eat three regular snacks. Exercise at the same time during the week. When you establish a routine, then you establish stability in your lives. Me personally, I Um, came to the understanding that a morning routine was beneficial for me. I do the same thing every morning, every day. Um, I, I wake up in the morning. I pray with my wife. I shower. I make some coffee. And I read a Bible devotional. Those things in the morning help to establish my day. It helps to um, bring stability throughout my workday because of how it started. When I established a routine, I noticed that my life was more stable. And so when you 
when you put when you put a routine into practice, you you notice that you you have less time for anything extra. There's less uh, chaos in your life. You don't feel rushed. You know exactly what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it. That's what a routine brings. Another thing that you can do to bring stability into your life is to live within your financial means. You cannot make McDonald's money and constantly try to eat Red Lobster. That is a recipe for instability. Don't spend more money than you can bring in. If you're in debt, pay off your credit cards. Then cut them up and use cash from here on out. Another thing that you can do to bring stability into your life is don't overreact. Notice if you're often too dramatic, angry, or sad. You may, you, you may even feel justified in your emotions. Still, they may be interfering with your functioning. There was a period of time in my life where, you know, if I got angry or irritated, that junk would linger for days. That is the mark of an unstable person. Now I'm able to take a step back do some reflection, talk to God, and then let that stuff go. It is unhealthy and unstable when you cannot regulate your emotions. And so find ways to not overreact. Take a step back, pray, take a couple of deep breaths. You may need to talk to a friend, but overreacting is a mark of instability. But when you're able to, um, when you're able to control your emotions, then you find yourself stable. Another way to bring stability into your life is to find stable friends. <laughs> Hang out with people who are sober of mind and make good decisions. Their positive behavior will rub off on you. The saying is true, birds of a feather stick together. If you find yourself among friends that are always filled with drama, that are constantly in chaos and are never able to settle on a decision, that's how you will be. But if you're surrounded by stable friends who stay out of drama and chaos and can make sound decisions, that's how you will be too. So surround yourself with stable friends and it will bring stability to your life. Another way you can bring stability into your life is to get help making decisions. If you've chronically made bad decisions in your life, find a wise friend to act as an advisor. You may be frustrated by their input, but it will prevent you from doing anything rash or impulsive. 
um, one thing I noticed about um, Bill Gates when I was reading about him is that he had he has a mentor, Warren Buffett. And whenever Bill Gates gets into a uh, place where he he needs advice to do something, he will call his mentor, Warren Buffett, and Warren Buffett will be able to endow the wisdom that Bill Gates needs to make the decision he needs to make. We all need a mentor, somebody that can speak some sense into us (laughs) when we don't have any sense. Someone that will speak wisdom into our lives so that we won't make the wrong decisions. So getting help making decisions will help bring stability into your life. The last piece of wisdom I want to impart to you, and some may be rubbed wrong by this, but in order to bring stability into your life, there are some relationships you're going to have to end. Some relationships are inherently destabilizing. You need to leave, but you don't know how. Get out as soon as possible. It will be painful for a while, but you'll heal and you'll feel better after you do. There's a... a, word that gets thrown around a lot these days is toxic. You got to get out of those toxic relationships. Those relationships that do you no good. Those relationships that stunt your growth. Those relationships that cause you to not move forward in life. You have to get out of those relationships. They're unhealthy and Uh, God desires for you to grow, to move forward, and to not be bound. So some relationships, you're just going to have to let go of. So those are some, some healthy ways that you can bring stability into your life. This short story is called Diego's Story, Finding Balance in a World of Instability. Diego felt caught between two worlds. His scholastic life offered hope and promise, but neighborhood gangs threatened to pull him into a world of violence and dead ends. Walking that tightrope was a struggle. To maintain balance, Diego leaned on his mother, the only positive force in his life. She worked two jobs, nights and weekends, so she could afford to send him to a good school. Diego woke up every morning to an empty apartment, his mother already off to work. When he returned home from school, the apartment was still empty, with his mother working her evening shift at a candy factory. Diego learned to cook simple meals and often ate dinner alone. To give his mother some well-needed rest, he did house chores and always kept their apartment clean. All these adult responsibilities were a lot for a 14-year-old to handle, but he never complained. 
My mother sacrifices a lot for me, so I try and do what I can around the house, he said. Getting to school sometimes felt like walking through a battlefield. His mother didn't own a car, so Diego walked a mile to the train station to begin his two-hour commute. But doing so meant crossing a gang territory border where both sides were often at war. Diego avoided gang members hanging out on sidewalks by walking down the middle of the street. But eventually, they approached Diego and assured him they meant no harm. They offered to look out for me and make sure no one messed with me, he said. So I started walking on the sidewalks. Diego didn't realize it, but gangs commonly offered protection to school kids to recruit future members. Soon, Diego was on a first-name basis with them. They were friendly and made him feel safe. They even gave him a few dollars now and then to get snacks at the corner store. Eventually, gang members started asking for small favors in exchange for their protection. The requests were simple at first, like keeping a lookout for police cars. But things escalated when they asked Diego to hold a paper bag full of cash overnight and return it in the morning. It was a test of loyalty. There was more money in that bag than my mother made in a month, Diego said. I felt ashamed, so I stayed up until my mother got home and showed her. She was furious. She told me to give it back and never talk to those guys again. Diego returned the money and started walking down the middle of the street again on his way to school. When he ignored the gang members' invitations to return, they took offense and issued veiled threats. We can't protect you anymore. We know where you live. We know where your mother works. Diego was terrified and couldn't sleep at night. He didn't tell his mom because he didn't want to add to her burdens. He took alternate routes to school, which only added to his commute. He often fell asleep on the train. He started showing up late to class and stopped turning in homework. His school counselor wanted to know what was going on, so she set up a meeting between Diego and his mother. There, Diego broke down and told them everything. I was tired of living in fear, he said, but what other options did I have? We couldn't afford to move. Thankfully, his counselor told them about Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. And within a month, Diego moved in. Living in an unfamiliar environment was difficult at first. Diego was shy, quiet, and kept to himself. But slowly, he opened up and started to make friends. Best of all, his lurking sense of fear started to crumble away. For the first time in years, he felt at peace. Always having to look over my shoulder was exhausting, he said. At Mercy Home, I don't have to worry. Here, I know who's behind me. All these positive people who want to help. They have my back. Living at Mercy Home, Diego arrived at school on time. Our tutors helped him regain his academic standing. Now he's on the honor roll and for the first time thinking about his future. For the time being, he's gaining work experience at his part-time job at a museum.
Every weekend, he visits his mother and cleans her apartment so it's tidy when she returns home from work. If she gets home at a decent hour, they like to make popcorn and watch a movie. As for the gang members in his neighborhood, they don't even pay attention to him anymore. They prey on the weak, not the strong, Diego said. I'm in a better place these days. I have a purpose. I'm less vulnerable. I know where I'm going, thanks to Mercy Home. that you've enjoyed this podcast today and if I haven't made it abundantly clear the first thing that you should do to establish stability in your life is to give your life to God through Jesus Christ on Jesus Christ the rock I stand no other ground is sinking sand when you establish your life on the word of God teachings of Jesus Christ, give your life to him, then you have the most stable foundation that you will ever experience. He will regulate your life and all the unstable ways that you've you've experienced will be dealt with. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 25. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verses 26 and 27. Say, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We want to have a solid foundation, we want to be single minded, of one mind stable. And the only way to achieve that is through Jesus Christ. I pray that you've enjoyed this podcast and I bid you a great day.